0: Welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode number eight. Hope you like uh, all the episodes so far. We kind of, kind of switched it up with episode seven, got a little loose, but that's just kind of the the nature of the guest. Um, as always, make sure to like, share, review, and subscribe all of our content on all of our social media. I know some people, there's some people that don't really follow all of our stuff on IG, but I've they've reached out to me and they've listened to all the episodes, and some people are more. You know, interactive on Instagram and that's kind of our number one platform if you want to reach out to us and any of the feedback that we like to have Um, and then make sure to check out our uh, Shopify store just google Carolina Tactics Group and it's going to come up. So today we're sitting down uh, with my buddy Matt we're in the Marine Corps together Uh, we're both currently in law enforcement in the Midlands here in South Carolina and um, so we're going to kind of dig into his background and then kind of loosely, but not super specifically, talk about the current state of law enforcement and why, you know, as educated young Marines, we ended up getting into probably one of the most contentious professions to be in right now. But that being said, we're gonna start with Matt. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, how you doing, man? It's nice to have you over in my crib yep. in uh, downtown Columbia at the bachelor pad. Right at right at the river, you know. So it's good to have you over here.
0: All right, so some of these interview styles, uh sometimes they get a little long, sometimes we keep it a little short. Um I mean you've listened to everything and we fucking hang out all the time, so I might ask you some dumb, redundant <laughs> questions. Yeah, I'm but sure, it I'm sure just I'll hear a few
1: yeah but it will kind of it'll
0: kind of set the tone of of what I like to hit on with you know what does it mean to serve and why did we do uh you know why did we choose the marine corps why did we choose law enforcement and all and it'll kind of like with your upbringing I like to expose some of that cuz not everybody comes from you know, a military family and not everybody, I mean, there was no law enforcement in my family and there was no Marines in my family till me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I'll get into it a little bit later, but Marine Corps and law enforcement, left field for my family. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years ago, no one would've expected that from me. So we'll dive into that a little bit later though. Right.
0: All right, well just, you know, from the top, just, I like to split it up kinda of by grades or by schools. So pretty much like where you're born, where you grew up, kinda of some influences, um, anything kinda of that impacted your life kinda of, I guess up through elementary school is kinda of how I like to group it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um born northeast Columbia, Pontiac area. Um I have a twin sister actually. You know that you've Which I don't think I found that out to like a year ago, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not definitely not something I broadcast too heavily, you know, especially I mean, of the Marine Corps guys. Oh but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. If yeah, You got a
0: sister, sister, or you got like a hot cousin? Like, watch
1: <laughs> out. Yeah, twin sister. Um, I got an older half brother, but um, you know, my whole life just treated him like a normal brother the whole mm-hmm. time. You know, we uh we live out on a little piece of property out right on the uh, Elgin Pontiac border, so I didn't have that normal community-style childhood. We didn't live in a neighborhood, you know. I lived on a little right at an acre. My grandma lived next door, and uncle lived a few houses down, so we didn't, I didn't have that typical neighborhood upbringing that most people do. I just, you know, had a bunch of outside in the middle of nowhere country stuff um, with my older brother and sister, and you know, we had a few cousins here and there. But that was pretty much it. Nothing too exciting with elementary school. I don't remember most of it. I don't know if that's just because I got my head hit too many times on the football field or whatnot. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't really remember too much about elementary. Okay. To to go into too much detail yeah.
0: about. Was there any? So there was no military law enforcement influence back then.
1: Um, so my grandpa was actually a sergeant in the army. Okay. In Vietnam. Um, after all that. He was deployed and stationed in Germany for a while. That's actually where my mother was born, mm-hmm. was in Germany. Um, but, you know, as most people that served in Vietnam, he wasn't very vocal about his military experience. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, growing up, I saw the pictures on the wall of, like, him and my grandma in Germany. Um, you know, I saw a folded-up flag from one of his best friends who passed away in you know, you see the memorabilia and stuff, but then you know you bring it up and he doesn't talk about it. So growing up, I never had anything other than pictures and mem, mem- memories to uh, to go about the military and my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my grandpa, that was pretty much it.
0: Okay, so then going into middle and high, I've always kind of viewed, and as a father now, I kind of every once in a while i worry about it like getting into middle school because I I know for me personally going into middle school I I moved so that even that was the, that made kind of that puberty growing up stage even kind of harder for me but what did you kind of figure out as you're kind of you know becoming a young man and you start getting into sports and
1: yeah I mean um, I was fortunate enough that the middle school that I went to around here had multiple sports programs mm-hmm. and for the sports I wanted to play that they didn't have you were allowed to play JV at the high school yeah so I mean I spent very little time not doing a sport after school or during the summer when I was in middle and high school um, football wrestling lacrosse and then when I was in before lacrosse was a thing when I was in middle school I played soccer Mm-hmm. So I'm um, three sports all year round. I didn't have too much time to get into trouble after class or yeah, on the weekends. Well, then I
0: always think the the team sports aspect is like, and I will hammer that all the time. I'm gonna not, I mean, hammered on my own children too much, but it's going to be encouraged for sure because it just helps in so many ways. Just
1: yeah, I mean, the closest making, thing
0: making friends and. Conflict resolution and just helps you all around. Yeah, I mean, the
1: closest thing I did to an individual <coughs> sport ever was wrestling, mm-hmm. which at the same time... Was that winter here? Was that a winter yeah, sport Yeah, a winter sport. Okay. Um, so it was football in the fall. Still, yeah. I know... I mean, again,
0: I only know wrestling from, like, the South. I never did it, but I knew a bunch of people that did. I mean, it was still... You know, it's an individual sport. It's still pretty team-oriented. I mean, yeah, you're well, getting you're getting slayed together. You're rolling.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like being on a golf team. You know, like at the end of the day, you're only going to be as good as you right. personally are. <coughs> your performance can affect the team as a whole, mm-hmm. especially in like dual meets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I've always been a part of like that team aspect.
0: So, you think that that kind of helped you down the road, like with with service and having to be pretty socialized. Well, I mean, it helps to be
1: socialized, especially in law enforcement. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've never had a problem talking to people. Right. And I feel like the biggest problem, or and like I said, we'll dive into this a little bit later, but one of the biggest problems with law enforcement officers is the lack of ability, or I don't know if it's that, or if it's just the lack of willingness to talk to people. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, 90% of the problems can get settled that way just by talking to people.
0: Yeah. So... Where was uh, where was nine eleven for you?
1: I was six years old, so I think I was in first grade. Um, I remember it being like a traumatic day, and I remember like you know the teachers all making a big deal about it, and
0: so they made a big deal about it the early. day of.
1: Yeah, I mean we watched it in class. I remember that.
0: Were you still in the Pontiac area?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so that's outside of Columbia for some of y'all that don't know of Highway One.
1: It's technically because
0: uh, I was close I was, I was in L. I was in fifth grade, I was close over there.
1: Yeah, I mean it's technically and still in the city of Columbia, there's actually a substation for CPD like right there next yeah. to the elementary school. Yeah. Which I think um, is crazy. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> their crazy. jurisdiction
0: is so weird. It's
1: crazy how big the city actually is. Yes. Like, yeah. Um but yeah, um that's where I went was Pontiac and yeah. Yeah, Like I said, I remember my favorite teacher in elementary school was first grade, so I remember it vividly. Um, mm-hmm. We watched it on the TV. None of us really knew what was going on at six years old, you know? Because um, they
0: did not play it on the TV at my school. And we were maybe five miles apart to my elementary school. I, I was off Brickyard.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: That was... And I mean, you know, maybe they did in the younger grades, like... But be, I don't because know. you had a better understanding of what was going on, they didn't want to. I don't know. You know.
0: Yeah, I was fifth. Pretty sure it was the beginning of fifth grade, for me.
1: Yeah, but I remember getting sent home early, and no, I, I don't didn't know why. And when I got off the bus, like my parents were already there. You know. Uh huh.
0: I think I think it's it's interesting how different everybody's experience is. I mean, even as. As young as we were, and then even you know, you hear stories of older guys like where they were, where they were stationed, you know, what they thought it was gonna be and not be.
1: Like how quickly they went to the enlistment office. Like. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so that was way beginning elementary for you. Okay. Yep. All right, so nothing really big. Lifestyle-wise, happened there. I mean, your parents are still married and everything, right?
1: Yeah, parents are still married. Um, That's always an interesting dynamic. It's divorced family or not, or yeah. I guess the the biggest relationship family thing that happened was when I was in. So cycling back to my grandpa, who was in the military. Um, growing up, he was like <clears throat> one of my best friends because you know he was retired, um, and like I told you, I didn't live in a typical neighborhood. So I spent a lot of time over at his place because he was right next door. Um, and when I was a freshman in high school, he actually passed away from, after like an eight-month-long hospital-bound cancer battle. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that that kind of shaped me a little bit in high school. Um, that happened right in the winter of freshman year. And
0: freshman year is always kind of an adventure yeah, in it's itself. A weird year anyway. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I mean, I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't one of the influences that had me join the military was to kind of, like, honor him, you know? Okay. So, but yeah, high school... Well, the, the way my life is right now, not a lot in high school.
0: It's a pretty normal.
1: Yeah, pretty normal. You know, three-sport kid. Like, nothing that I do now I ever envisioned myself doing in high school. So Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. funny how some people... I mean, it changes over time. What they, I mean, to what be their fair, plans though, were, and I mean, I know, I know most of us, and it, I mean, everybody that I've talked to, and I'm, we're pretty much just going through kind of, you know, uh, mine and Bobby's and Kyle's kind of inner circle of friends, and more, we're going to expand from there. But I know with all of us, there was always the idea in your head was like, okay, I'm gonna be in the military in some capacity.
1: Yeah, um, and that that's kind of the funny thing is, in high school I actually wanted to be like an athletic trainer. And I remember I stepped on Which is pretty f-
0: common around here.
1: And I remember I stepped into college the first day, and the reason it's ironic is I found out the salary athletic trainers made, mm-hmm. and I said, no, that's not for me. <laughs> and then I ended up becoming a yeah. <laughs> um, military.
0: So. <laughs> so, normal school years. Nine Eleven. You're really too young. Uh, granddad passed away, so that gives you a little, a little motto. Was that the was that the first kind of personal death you had to deal with? I mean, we. Had, that was that was mine when I was it was towards the end of high school when my granddad passed away. I mean,
1: that was the first meaningful one uh-huh. that I dealt with. Uh huh. I mean, I had a couple other like, grandparents die, or my dad's side mm-hmm. grandparents die, but I wasn't really close with them at all. Yeah. Um, other factors. But, yeah, this was, like, the first time that something meaningful happened from that. And it was it was definitely something that I had to deal with, and it took me a little bit of time to do that, especially being a 14-year-old kid, you know, going yeah. through... All that other stuff already. Yeah. And like losing my best friend, it was Yeah. That was tough. But it's definitely something that shaped me into where I am now for sure.
0: Okay. So then coming up on high school graduation, what what did you have in mind? What were your kind of plans? I know um, you know, Kyle and Bobby had certain people and influences on them being in uh Being in private school, I know all the schools that I was in, in South Carolina and Georgia, they were very good at, you know, kind of educating you on your choices, you know, post-graduation. You know, was it community college, was it regular college, different scholarships. There's some people that, you know, went straight into the military. And most of those guys went straight into the guard and kind of took a different path. 18, kind of similar to Bobby, but not, not as successful as Bobby, in my opinion, but, so I mean, were you looking at Carolina the whole time, or were you, were you wanting to be? Yeah,
1: do? so, I mean, I had pretty good grades, you know, on the weird AP scale, like I had over a four zero, and I had a pretty decent SAT score, so that South Carolina is actually the only college I applied to. Um, that, that was my only institute and it's the only college period i applied to cuz i was so confident that i was going to get in um cuz i just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: where so where is that confidence coming from
1: oh like i said you know i had the grades you uh-huh. know i had the extracurricular activities you know i did yeah. i was in the beta club i was yeah. on student council i you know i put in the work did you
0: your did you any of your family go to carolina
1: no i was the first one in my family to go to college Okay. um so just like Bobby, In general yeah. co- the college yeah but, yeah, so, I mean, I had all the extra That's usually a
0: big motivation for anybody's personal story.
1: Yeah. Um, and, like, me and my twin sister, we had way different high school experiences. Um, but, yeah, I was just so confident that I was going to get into USC, which I don't know why I had that confidence looking back, or even though <laughs> why I wanted to go to college immediately because I had no idea what I wanted to do okay. as a career. So, like, um, no clue. No clue. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me wanted to become, like, a grad assistant and maybe try to be a football coach. Uh, but, you know, I didn't want to be a teacher, so it was kind of uh, yeah. there's a weird dynamic there. <clears throat> um, looking back, you know, like most people wish, I wish I would apply to, like, service academies. But, you know, that's either here or there. We're talking about the past. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, I. So like
0: one of the big one of the big ones. So you're talking like Annapolis, West Point. Yeah, yeah. Probably Because that would have been West. That application process is you got to start early, and you got to get like a letter from.
1: Yeah, one of my good friends. One of your
0: senators, or both your senators, or.
1: Yeah, one of my good friends in high school actually went to West Point. Yeah. Um, He was a year younger than me. Okay. And like I said, in high school, military was now on the radar. And so I remember he was going through the whole application process, and I thought he was crazy. Yeah. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, just come to Carolina and have fun, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I applied and got accepted there for the sports medicine program. And the only reason I signed up for that is because my guidance counselor said, when you send an application, you need to have some kind of major figured out. Okay. Give you better chances to get in. Uh Uh-huh. So I did all that. Got to college, and like I said, within the first week it was being – that major decided it wasn't for me. Man. <laughs> I mean, there's, a, I mean,
0: my, my roommate freshman year was somebody I went to high school with and okay. I, I would, I would actually like to get him on too. He's, he's a pilot now in the Air Force, but he, I actually don't remember now how many times he changed his major. Just freshman year. Yeah. I mean, it was, I changed three times. Yeah, so. I think he, I think freshman year he might have changed five times I mean I could be wrong and he'll probably call me out later but <laughs> yeah I mean
1: it's like people say but it's super time,
0: super common
1: well you can't expect you know an 18 year old kid coming out of high and school and most to majors, what they want to do yeah, forever yeah
0: and most majors you can kind of get away with that the first two years yeah I mean you honest, got the core classes honestly
1: and stuff. but I spent a year and a half as an undeclared major mm-hmm. just trying to figure out what I wanted to do yeah
0: which I mean it's not it's not that uncommon
1: because at that point I was literally in college going to classes and had no idea what I wanted to do in life mm-hmm.
0: so military wasn't on the radar yet
1: not yet but that's kind of why I jumped onto the radar to um, kind
0: of find some direction maybe
1: well I didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do um I sat down about what oh, year sorry. What year
0: are we looking at? What, what are we looking
1: at here? It was like halfway into the first semester of sophomore year. So maybe like 13? October time of sophomore year. So we're looking at like 2014. 13? 14, okay. Um, yeah, I sat down with my parents, grandma. Um, pretty much all of them, I was like, dude, like, I think I need to take some time off. Like I have no idea what I want to do and I'm just wasting money at USC Mm -hmm. Um, taking these core classes and stuff because what's the point of doing that if I don't know what I want my major to be and honestly I remember to this day I looked over and I saw that picture of my grandma and grandpa in Germany and that's when it clicked in my head I was like oh military okay but I didn't know anything about the military because like I said my grandpa never talked about it and so I started, you know, hopped on Google, saw there was like an officer program, you know, just. For the it,
0: for the Marine Corps?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I told myself, you know, I'd always. I don't know how to put this, but like I was like, if I'm going to join the military, it's going to be the Marine Corps. You know, that's the one you that's, always that's, hear
0: about. It's a common answer. Yeah. That we've already just, heard on here and we've heard in our personal lives.
1: I don't have a spe- I can't give you a specific reason why I chose the Marine Corps. It was just like, hey, if I'm gonna join the, the military, I'm gonna do it right, you know. And, yeah. And so, like, you know, it's just the reputation. Yeah, it's just commercials and.
0: Which we do have the best commercials. Yeah. And everyone, period.
1: When you talk about Marines, everyone <laughs> thinks the same thing, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, what they drill into our head. When you're in another branch, people ask what you do, but when. Tell someone you're a Marine, they don't ask what your job is. Yeah, right that's so. Yeah, that was it. And online, it seems extremely easy to become an officer in the United <laughs> States Marine Corps. It's, yeah, that's true. As long as you're in college. Yeah. So I convinced myself that's what I was gonna do. And okay. as you know, I'm the kind of person when I tell myself I'm gonna do something, I want to do it immediately. Yeah. So it was. <laughs>
0: Which the commissioning process is. Oh.
1: Anything but immediate. Well, so that was like the first week of October. Well, by the first week of November. So, did I,
0: you go down to the the Oso here in Columbia?
1: Well, I made a mistake because, like I said, I didn't know anything about you went to the wrong the military, office. and I just Googled United States Marine Corps recruiting office, <laughs> and I went to you the pulled,
0: enlisted side. pulled up the enlistment office.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget my two recruiters' names, which I won't blast them on here. Mm-hmm. Because you know they kind of ruined. They
0: might have been the same. They career. might have been the
1: same too. I spoke with. But like I said, I didn't know much about it. I walked in there, and they make that shit sound good too, boy. And I said, "This is what <laughs> I want to do. I want to be a Marine Corps officer. I got two and a half years of college <coughs> left, but you know, I've read online. By the time I'm done with training, I'll be ready to go." And they said, "Dude, we got a perfect route for you." <laughs> I said, all right, <laughs> what you got? Dude, you joined the United States Marine Corps Reserves while you're still in college. And then as soon as you hit that graduation date, you apply to be an officer. Yeah. And I said, that's a route? The that's, a, that's a route. And I said. At the time. Yeah. And that's like I said, route. at the time, I didn't know the difference between an enlisted and an officer recruiting station. Uh-huh. Know, I didn't know about a no-so. Uh-huh. I didn't know. I was, dude. I was as green as that book over there. Like I had yeah. no idea about the military. <laughs> yeah. And I said, sign me up. And <clears> I said, Art, right, go back here, take this ASVAB. Did all that. Did you crush the ASVAB? Yeah, I was like, I think he said I was two points away from a perfect score. Yes, yeah, so you were in the '90s. Highly, I think I was 96 or 97. Okay, one of those two. Okay. Um. But granted, looking back, like I wish I would have had someone with some knowledge go with me, because they pulled out Art, right, man, like. For the route you want to take, joining as an officer the day you graduate, it doesn't matter what your MOS is. We got the supply MOS in the reserves down in Charleston. Get your foot in the door. You know? And I'm, I'm and all It is not. It. And
0: it's not a foot in the door. It is a, it is a foot
1: trap. It yeah. is, it is, a, it is so, a pit. So naive me. I'm like, dude, these guys really want to help me. They know what I want to do. You know, they're all excited for me because I score so high and I could do whatever I want to do. And they give me this supply contract, and I'm like, all right, cool. This is the route I'm coming off.
0: <laughs> Which supply, the score does not have to be high. Yeah. Your, your um, ASFAB does not need to be high to go into supply. Yeah.
1: And so I thought, honestly, up until the day that my drone instructor asked me what I was doing there with that ASVAD score and being in college, I thought I was on the way to becoming a United States Marine Corps officer. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was gonna be my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought I was gonna be a 19 day reservist, go to boot camp, come back, do junior college. After junior year, do the other training. The day I graduated, get sent up to OCS. That, that, that was my plan. All the way past the stepping on the yellow footprints. Um, so yeah. As naive as that sounds, and as much as people are going to laugh at me for being so dumb, that is how I got stuck in Charleston-based Marine Corps mm-hmm. with the rest of you guys.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Which I've described it as the Terminal Lance
1: black, black hole. hole. Yeah. yeah, that that
0: is how yeah, I ended up I will, there, and I will stick to that. Um, all right, so. When did you realize that you fucked up?
1: <laughs> um, Like I said... When um, you
0: reported down there?
1: Not when I reported. It was maybe about... I like, knew
0: when I fucked up the first day I went down there. Because well, I had already graduated and everything, too.
1: Yeah, I didn't think I really fucked up. Because, I, I mean, I knew boot camp was going to suck. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was so naive looking back that I, you know, I, I was dumb not to have someone with some kind of experience with me. I just thought, you know, this is normal. Mm-hmm. Until it was, I think it was phase two, and senior Jones instructor called me in. And he was like, dude, like, honestly, like, what are you doing here? And I was yep. like, what do you mean? He was like, I just looked, just like, I'm looking at everyone's files. Like, I saw your ASVAB score. Like, I see you're in college. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why are you here and not OCS? And I explained the whole thing to him. He was like, dude, like, your recruiter just fucked you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm not saying you can't.
0: Because they have to get their numbers. Yeah. Say what you want. They, they have a quota.
1: Oh, for sure. They and like because it's like, dude, like, why would you take? And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but you know, back then, all the requirements like I was killing the physical requirements. I was two points away from like a perfect ASB. Like, why would you set that guy up with a reserve supply contract? You know, because because like, that's what they cause had, it Doesn't matter because that's what they had to push. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he. that's when I realized I fucked up, is he was like, dude, like, you can still go the whole OCS route, but it's going to be a whole lot harder now. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're going to have a whole lot of obligations that you didn't expect to have, nope. being with the reserves and everything.
0: And they do and not like to let you go. They do not like to let you move. They don't you know, even like to let you move
1: depends on who you are,
0: you know? to another unit.
1: Yeah. You know, if you're if you're on your a, reaches.
0: Yeah, if you're a favorite, they'll
1: they'll make <laughs> stuff happen for you. But yeah, certain examples. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, that, that's when I realized I fucked up. But, you, you know, even up until even with that being said, I so realized was that, I, I realized I really fucked up was we had this whole fiasco um another guy from our old unit parrot. Me and him were in the same. At boot camp at the same time, well, we had this whole paperwork fiasco that said we had drilled the day after we graduated Paris Island. Chad the unit, no one would no, answer. No answer. No answer. Um, and so they told us, that, hey, this, this is what your orders say. Like, you got to report on there mm-hmm. the day after you graduated. Graduated on that Friday. <laughs> Literally woke up. At was it time. was
0: it for a drill or just a check-in?
1: Well, it said we had drilled to check-in. So we okay. drive all the way from Columbia to Charleston in our service uniform, service yeah. office. And like nobody's there. Like it like, no one's there. Not a single soul.
0: So Monday was a work day? It
1: was Saturday.
0: Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. All
1: um, right, I got gotcha. you so not a single person there. Call the like on call person on the door. He's like, dude, I don't know why you're here, like come back. Was the <laughs> was the duty even there? No. We just called and he answered on the cell phone.
0: So he's at his house somewhere. Oh
1: yeah, and he's like, "Dude, like I don't know why you're here." I'm like, "This is what our orders say." And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, well, we we yeah, have, yeah. we have a drill like next month on this day. Just come back then." So yeah. that's when I realized I was like, "Oh fuck, this
0: isn't his right intent." So I don't think I, I don't think I've told this story since we started doing the podcast, but. <clears throat> I kind of had a similar thing, but they said I had to report within like 72 hours or whatever it said, like on my orders, yeah, like you had to report regardless of if there was a drill weekend or not. So the ground supply schoolhouse did not have a point of contact for for Charleston, Yeah, it was is the same thing, which is a supply unit. <laughs> yeah. So why would you not have all of the numbers the for any, yeah. for any supply unit, you know, if that's fucking 4th Division or active duty so 4th Division is, is the reserve component the, the reserve division of the Marine Corps so I went all the way back I kind of had to backtrack like who I could reach out to to kind of find a point of contact and called the cr- the recruiting office
1: yeah.
0: and uh, whoever that sure recruiter that. whoever that recruiter that. was at the time I'm not sure if we had the same one or not at that point but <clears throat> called him and you can tell he's like at some event or you know at a high school or something and uh I was like hey sergeant um and I told him situation where I need a point of contact so he was, you know I'm about to graduate who I need to report to do I hold off till the next drill date all that uh and I even had to like jog his memory like who I was were, yeah. yeah he had no idea um and he was like, uh, yeah, okay, let me, uh, I'll call you back. He, he calls back. And uh, I don't know how he found the number, but he's like, hey, write down this number. It's blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, who is that? And they are like, that's the I first sergeant. I was like. Who at the time was, uh. He was about to get out. He was about to leave. That, that, that guy was about to leave. Uh, not so, the pirate. So it wasn't the pirate. Guy. The one before the pirate, which <laughs> <Yeah, I laughs> that's know. a whole other funny story too. <laughs> so I mean, the guy was... before the guy before pirate guy. Yeah, I don't even remember who that was. Honestly. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was like, hey sergeant, the uh, you don't have just like a number for the S one shop or whatever, and I was like, like it's the highest enlisted guy there. He was like, yeah man, straight to the top. Hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I
1: call him. He's thinking, I do this. I do this guy. Dirty,
0: <laughs> dirty, and I was like, uh, so I call him. You know, sound all professional. You know, good morning, good afternoon, first hard. This is this is PFC, Pf- PFC fucking PFC. bootlicker, and uh, <laughs> he was like, who are you? I told my name, where I was, what the situation was, and he was like, hold on a 2nd I'm gonna transfer you, and then and then he transferred me to this one <laughs> shop. And, <laughs> He's and like, it, why
1: are you calling me? Yes,
0: and I was, and I was like, and I, and I'm pretty sure I apologized and said it was the only number that was provided to me from the unit, and he, I think he got out like a week later, so yeah. he didn't yeah. give a fuck,
1: yeah.
0: and, uh, and then I got, I got squared away, and they were like, yeah, just, uh, just come to next drill, just don't worry about it, and I was like, uh, oh, okay, uh, what? Yeah. I was like, all right, well, um, and it was, it was November, so it was the. It was the ball it was the Marine Corps weekend, ball yeah. was my first drill there, and I was like all right, well, um, you know, do I need to report my office or anything since we're kind of like throwing off the time and it's the ball, and I know that's going to be a, not a normal drill it's like no no, no I just come in camis, so i got kind of I got put on blast for that when I got there yeah I look here remember
1: you showing up with uh the rest of I was by myself I was by myself didn't uh those guys
0: came those guys came later okay. they were still they were both of them were there was a group of us that kind of all went together and they kind of do that with the reservists and we they, they got held up because they were technically a different MOS oh, okay. within ground supply school
1: I got you. I do remember a group of y'all come in, which mm-hmm. was like maybe my like second or third drill. Yeah, and then they came and like, they were like one or two your Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like well they told me they legit told me not to wear them. So. Yeah. Yeah, like I got some bad information. My bad. so that's, that's funny though. Yeah, I had the same experience. Everybody has that experience we though. There was so much at Paris Island trying to find that number. And, not, and I still don't even think we got one number. Yeah. And that's why we ended up going. So and,
0: you had to try to find that number while you were... So you did the... You new, know that
1: last little week where you... You did, did the, the
0: 90... That, you were a legitimate 92-week... Or is it 92-day? It's called, it's
1: called 92-day reservist. Um, I mean, you still go through... I went
0: straight through.
1: Yeah, so basically what it is is... It's built for college kids. And so, like, you still go through the same boot camp process. Like, mm-hmm. it's not any shorter. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much tell you, hey, if you get dropped... Like, you know, yeah. you're fucked you're not going back to school yeah. you're staying here yeah um, well
0: there's similar programs to you know what they do like in the
1: Army National Guard and all that yeah so you do boot camp one summer <coughs> and then the next summer traditionally you go to MOS school so that you're a fully trained Marine th- you know you can actually do your job but you know the Marine Corps canceled both the classes that I was scheduled for for MOS right. so the next summer I went to MCT mm-hmm. and then you know flip-flopped the MCT and MLS schools. Yeah,
0: that was a, I, I think they have that problem straight out now, but we had, um, we had people that picked up sergeant
1: without, oh, be, yeah, without
0: being fully trained Marines and I will never,
1: without going to MCT,
0: yes, without going to Marine combat training um, and I will harp on that for I'm pretty sure they my, still got someone in my entire life. position that hasn't gone to M O S yep, school. Yep, 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 yep. So, but again, that's it's you know here if, you're one, for us if you're anymore. one of the if you're one of the favorites, yeah, yeah, because we just we just checked out together, so we're we're done with our active drilling time and we're on the inactive ready reserve. Yeah. So hopefully nothing
1: stupid happens. Sorry oh, about that. Yeah, no, there goes the dryer. Going off. <laughs> 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 got to get the clothes ready for the nightlife. Um, Finally got. This guy down here downtown, so yeah. am a little bit of Columbia tonight. Yeah,
0: come down from the country. So, so would you consider that experience kind of your first um, college and Marine Corps speed bump where you're just like, this is not what I planned for. I mean, it wasn't a... Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a traumatic or hard speed bump. Like nothing bad happened. It
1: just—I mean, a lot bad happened at parasol Well, yeah, I mean, I, but as far as that's—that's
0: that's common. Yeah, bad things. Not but
1: as far as joining the Marine Corps. Not
0: you know, I broke my fucking femur, <laughs> like, yeah. or you know, something
1: bad bad happened. I guess you could say so. Um, I think joining the Marine Corps was good. Yeah, in the long run so I don't really consider it a speed bump Yeah, the hardest part for me was like as you know when I was in college like I bartended my way through college Mm -hmm. and one of the hardest parts for me was trying to adjust to having that drill weekend every month you know Um, because on the weekends is you know where I made the money for college Mm -hmm. so I could go to drill and make 180 Mm -hmm. bucks yeah But I'd be missing out on, like, 700. Right. That that was the biggest. But, I mean, I chose it. It was just something I had to learn to deal with. It wasn't, I wouldn't really consider it a speed bump or anything. I don't think the Marine Corps really affected my college much at all. Yeah. Except, you know, just inconveniences to social life. But then, you know, that's what I signed up for. That's nothing unexpected.
0: All right, so you get back, you got kind of the second half at USC left. What changed after boot camp? Did you figure out your major situation? Were you still motivated for OCS?
1: Yeah, I was... That first semester back after boot camp, I was very motivated for OCS. Mm -hmm. And even in my peak condition shape at boot camp. Like my three mile time was still, you know, late twenty ones. I'm just not I don't I, you know, I got short legs, uh I, mm-hmm. I don't have very good stride frequency, so like learning a fast three miles is just tough. Yeah. Um so I was very motivated, you know, I had the pull ups, I had the crunches down. And when you're not exercising unless you do a parasol, my three mile was on average like right around like Late 23s, 24. Yeah, which is too and that was which just, is too slow for OCS, and that was just never good enough for Marine Corps OCS. Right, and you know, I had the scores for Army Air Force OCS. You know, their physical test, but I was already in the Marine Corps. And right. So,
0: and you weren't going to get out. Did you already know that when you were in? You're just like I'm. I mean, I'm I stuck thought about in the Marine doing, Corps.
1: You know, the inter service transfer, like we've had some people do. But like you said,
0: again they it doesn't work for everyone. They either had connections or they were uh, you know, kind of the favorites. Yeah. Or they let them do things.
1: Yes, I mean maybe six months after getting back to college after boot camp, that OCS dream just like started to fade. And I just realized like
0: That's usually how it goes. But know, that's how I, I would describe mine. It kind of faded away.
1: Yeah, it was like I was very motivated and then like, I heard you say on one of your podcasts, like, that three miles is just tough. Like Three
0: miles is a physical motherfucker.
1: It's like, you know, a mile and a half, two miles, you can mentally make yourself keep up a certain pace. Yeah, there's definitely a... a but once you get past that second mile, like, yeah, there's that def- third mile is just... Not granted, it's all mental, but it's just like, you know, I was never going to break a 21-minute three-mile. Right. You know? Like, that... Like I said, peak shape. I was like late 21s. Right. Um, and so, like I said, I just, I started to accept that Marine Corps OCS wasn't in the the books for me. Okay. And so.
0: So, did, you are still in college when that kind of clicked in your head? Yeah. Would you describe it as, and everybody's had this experience, where would you describe it as you kind of plateaued? Were you kind of let down with, you know, that kind of stagnant time? Or, like, where were you, like, in your head?
1: Honestly, I would consider it more depressing than anything. Um, like, I went through a little stage when I started to accept that where it was like, all right, I just spent the last year and a half knowing in my head that's what I was going to do as a career. Mm-hmm. Because you had
0: that direction for a little bit that you didn't yeah. have before that led you to enlisting. You know, you had that high for a year, two years, and then yeah, I think you're it was like, like Man. right at the
1: year and a half mark. It was like, all right, well, what now? You know, the past year and a half, I knew what I was going to do. Like, I knew what I was going to do. There was no question about it. And to have like a score that you can't reach, like, tell you, hey, you can't do this. It's like, you know, it's kind of defeating. And from that point, I was like, all right, well, let me regroup. And, like, what now? And that's when I started looking towards, like, law school, police officer. Didn't really know which one I wanted to do yet. What led you that direction? Honestly, I can't really tell you. Like, I switched to so criminal justice always, as a major. Um, law school was always intriguing. I had a few friends.
0: I think it, I think that's been intriguing for everybody we've talked to.
1: Yeah, it's it's always intriguing, and you know, I'll get into it you know a little bit later when we start talking about yeah the law enforcement side of yeah. everything. But that's the reason I switched to criminal justice because um, law school was intriguing to me, and I figured well if I can't be an officer in the Marine Corps. You know, maybe I, I can be successful in civilian life. So I switched to criminal justice, took all those classes.
0: And it's an easier major, too. Yeah,
1: it's easier. And I had, like, a family friend who actually works in the Columbia office of the FBI. And oh, well. so, like, those like, federal agencies like FBI, Secret Service, or even, like, a state agency like SLED is something that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. which is why I joined criminal justice
0: mm-hmm. at that time. Did you know how hard it was to get into those straight out of college? No,
1: no. Cause it's I remember the same with like, OCS. I was super naive and I, you know, I just thought, yeah, you know, you think I think it's easier than yeah, it is. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I've got the grades. Uh, yep. I've got all the resume <clears> features <throat> or at least that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, cause that was, that was the goal joining criminal justice. It was like, okay, sled minimum FBI goal you know okay or law school like I said uh-huh. I was looking at that as well yeah and then so a senior year I had a professor who actually used to run the FBI office here who straight oh, that's legit yeah has a has a slide all the disqualifications for national agencies or federal agencies excuse me Mm-hmm. Slash lead. Um mm-hmm. and you know, I'm not gonna elaborate on which ones, but there was maybe one or two mm-hmm. that didn't permanently disqualify me, but yeah, there's, there's a waiting period there's a for, time period that I have to wait for some of those discrepancies yeah. in your in your past if it's Yeah, it's just certain things. Um yeah. so I went up and talked to him afterwards and I asked him about the the certain things that were holding me back and he said, Well I'm not gonna lie to you of people that work federally or for SLED start locally at a municipality at a sheriff's office.
0: Yeah, and that age is older because I remember when um, when my mind started taking that law enforcement direction if it was local or federal or at the state level um, I think at the time you know, I'm sitting here at the At the library at Carolina, at at T. Coop, and the average age at that time for an incoming FBI agent was like twenty-eight. Yeah. So it's like okay. If that's the average age, (laughs) kind of look at what, and then you know the average age for somebody graduating from Carolina is like twenty-two, twenty-three. Uh. At twenty-eight you can kind of picture what that person is going to look like, like with their background. So somebody at 28, that's going to be somebody that, you know, maybe enlisted at 18, maybe went MP, Intel, maybe got their degree while they were in, did something post, or it's going to be somebody that was, you know, like a deputy or a police officer somewhere, Got their education in some way, shape, or form or accommodating experience and, you know, got a little bit on their collar.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So I knew, I know I personally knew, I was like, there's no way I'm going straight to the FBI. Like, oh, yeah. People that get picked up straight for the FBI or any alphabet agency, it's like somebody with a 4.0 like out of Georgetown or like somewhere around D.C. Oh, like yeah, somewhere where they, you know, University of Virginia, somewhere where they heavily recruit. Yeah, I mean, I got a
1: buddy in high school, he was like, head of everything of his class at the Citadel 4.0 like did an internship at the FBI and I mean he got handpicked out of college but you know he was a bred for that
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: but yeah like I was saying I went and talked to him and I told him about things that I thought would disqualify me and he was like dude I'm not gonna be like I said I'm gonna be honest with you yeah you gotta wait this long um, once you get past this period they don't really care they'll look at your application just like anyone else's but I recommend is that you get experience, experience, experience mm-hmm. in the time you're waiting, mm-hmm. and so that's what led me to join a local law enforcement agency, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you know the story about my struggle applying to local law enforcement agencies with that whole Myrtle Beach incident. We all, with the uh, we all have
0: our stories of people well, playing games. What
1: well, with the rec- the record that I. Uh-huh. That I had, but didn't have. Like, yeah. Long story short, um, guy with the same name and birthday ends up getting popped in Myrtle Beach for armed robbery, a couple of DUIs, a couple uh, <laughs> heroin charges. Good and, lord!
0: Normal day in Myrtle Beach.
1: Yeah. Somehow the yeah, you can Google it. You know, armed robbery, my name, and you know, picture of the other guy pops up, but somehow my name, IDL DL, everything gets associated with this guy. So I went living my life for about a year and a half with at minimum two DUIs and an armed robbery on my record, <laughs> trying to apply. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> trying to apply for law enforcement jobs and you know wondering why I'm not hearing back. Yeah. Um, Are some of these people like not even calling you back? Oh uh, yeah, dude. There were so many agencies like <laughs> high Patrol like didn't call me back, like, yeah. which I'm thankful for now. Yeah, but I- uh. Yeah. I didn't I didn't find out until I applied for USCPD and they, they actually, they told actually emailed me asking me if this was a prank and I was like nah. no shit yeah they emailed me and they were like <laughs> why do you want to be a cop like is this is this a joke and I was yeah. like no and they were like and that's when they told me and, and that was, was like, the first
0: agency to follow you up and be yeah, like, I mean, hey, I bro.
1: if they wouldn't have followed up I would have had no idea um, really yeah it was nuts no shit and then so you that, couldn't
0: even like warn people because you didn't even know
1: I had no idea yeah. <laughs> and it had been on there for about a year and a half and wow. that that process was like a six month process to get that all figured out with the uh courthouse and everything. I don't think I remembered that. Yeah, it was uh I thought I was gonna get kicked out of the Marine Corps because of it. No. Wow. Thankfully I don't we, remember that. Yeah, I think we got that all figured out. Damn. So yeah, so law enforcement. So
0: finally you got on with the local P D. Good department
1: yeah I'm thankful um like i said joining law enforcement i was just as green as i was in the military mm-hmm. applying for these jobs i didn't know anything going in. so
0: after things. you after the pd picked you up i mean were you like straight up just fucking relieved you're like oh because i mean how long was that gap from graduation to
1: getting picked up well, so when i graduated i took that there was like four months off, and I went on lifeguard at the Myrtle beach okay and then I came back. That was summer of two thousand and seventeen mm-hmm. and so from August two thousand seventeen until July of eighteen well, I guess I guess the hiring process was probably like early June of eighteen um, mm-hmm. so but yeah, from August seventeen to June of eighteen, I was just bartending, you know, no direction. Just bartending five nights a week just yeah. waiting for a job to happen so I mean it was right around a year applying for jobs which is
0: fine I mean some people well it's like I people need that I think it's a good time to decompress sometimes <coughs> no matter what your career field is
1: yeah but like I said for like four of those <coughs> months I was applying basically for no reason to places because
0: mm-hmm. people were just shooting you down because of identity <laughs> yeah it was and I had mistaken no idea. Identity.
1: Um yeah, it was actually kind of nuts to like find out, which was also kind of relieving because it was like, okay, this that's why they haven't called me back. Because for a while, I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what's wrong with yeah. my resume?
0: Oh, it's definitely annoying when they don't tell you, and yeah. we've we've already heard a couple stories on here about that.
1: Yeah, so it was that was a relief, especially when I finally got on. Which I got really lucky. I'm with one of the higher paying agencies. Mm-hmm. I'm with the agency I'm with is. It's very law enforcement friendly. Um, there's not very many specialized units, but with that being said, they let you do whatever you want to do as long mm-hmm. as you answer your call. So I'm in a good place right now, and I'm I'm pretty happy with it.
0: So it finally settles down. What are... And we just technically got out of the Marine Corps. What are you know, some of your goals now, the stuff's kinda, I don't wanna say it's plateaued off, but now they're, you know, you don't have the Marine Corps obligation. Um, Your life's kinda, I kinda view it more of like, it's kinda settled down, like you're on, you know, you're you're on smooth waters now,
1: opposed to. Um, So actually, before COVID hit, I was actually scheduled to take the LSAT last April to start the whole law school process. And then two weeks before I was supposed to take the LSAT, that's when COVID shut everything down. Mm -hmm. And I just haven't, you know, with all the craziness going on with, you know, our profession right now and just other personal things. Yeah, COVID and the kind of of anti-police movement um, happened at the same time. The rest of the the Marine Corps out of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, as you know, I had a personal month like a couple month long fight with like not me per se but that you know the family were with covid for multiple months in the Mm -hmm. hospital it's just been i don't know kind of a stagnant year i guess i guess you could say i haven't really
0: yeah i think it depends how some people have handled it um with with covid um I mean, I know my full, my like kind of first year was about 10 months, 10 months, 11 months when I had just gotten back into law enforcement, Um, you know, and then COVID started a couple months after that. And then kind of my first year back in was, you know, the COVID lifestyle.
1: Yeah, which was weird. Um,
0: But I mean, we're still working, man. I mean, my schedule... In 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 a work capacity, like...
1: Job yeah, security th- is th- awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: The, well, I mean, that's... Yeah, even even now, with how tumultuous <laughs> law enforcement is, I mean, it's job security. There, there's always going to be people hiring in law enforcement. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Like you said, COVID was a weird time in law enforcement, man. It was... Lim- limit public interaction. Like, yeah. you no know, traffic stops for a while. Like. Yeah,
0: lighter on the traffic stops. You try to do more stuff over the phone. Yeah, like found reports. Uh, you had to be email a little bit reports, more careful but... with where you wore a mask and didn't wear a mask, and going into homes and.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a weird time, man. Um, my department's now pretty much back to normal.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. normal in South Carolina. It's pretty back to normal.
1: Yeah, but getting back to what you're saying about goals. You know, I just got so, from, I just got promoted, um, so I'm about to. I'm actually scheduled for two different classes. About uh, to a field training officer, okay, and then I'm going to like a hostage negotiator class. So I'm is that something you've always
0: been inter- interested in, or Not is really that like Vaughn told?
1: Okay, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Someone, okay, Someone on the shift had to do it. But, um, <clears> yeah, you know, I, it is something that I'm interested in because, like I told so you, so I mean, you think
0: earlier, they picked you on purpose for that?
1: Yeah, because okay. like I told you earlier, and as you can tell from this podcast, I enjoy the talk. Yeah. So, um,
0: well, I think we both have pretty uh, chill demeanors. Like yeah, we're not. Heads and... Some people have a certain perception of what a a cop is and isn't supposed to sound like, and we can we can play that. You got to play that role when necessary on yeah. calls. I mean, you got
1: to. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to those two classes. Um, as far as future goals, man, I'm just.
0: You still want to take the LSAT? I don't do you think you could go to law school and be a cop at the same time
1: I've heard of it being done and I have and I was looking into it's it got to be hard as shit though yeah but it just kind of depends on the capacity you want to be as a cop like do you want to be a proactive cop out there or you just want to do your time, do stuff? It. or if you're doing law school at the same time are you just gonna answer the calls you get and not do anything else you know so yeah. but I don't think I could do that like I don't think I could sit there for hours on end mm-hmm. um, so just all, de- I guess it all depends on like what, like what I think is definitely possible. I've heard of people doing it. I looked into a few law programs that are like hybrid, where it's like three-fourths of it's online, but then you got to go be on campus for a few weeks at a time. Um, I, so I've looked into it. Which um, I think
0: probably since COVID, I think any type of educational institution has... Tried to find online solutions. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, it's definitely still a possibility. Um, there are a few different things that I would want to do in the law field, but it's just you know a lot of it comes down to money. It's
0: like paying for school type stuff. For
1: school, but you know at the same time you still gotta pay rent, still gotta buy groceries. Like, yeah. And if you end up not being able to stay a cop, like. In law school, it's like, you know. You're just going to you know? take loans out forever. Yeah, so, like, do you, do I want to get that much more debt? It's it's a slippery slope, and the hardest part about it is I love what I do now. Um, I mean, yeah, you don't really make the And money. I mean,
0: think any of us that are in it now and anybody else we have on in the future, like, we do
1: like where we're at. Yeah, that, that's what people don't understand is they're always like, well, why are you a cop? and you know
0: because I mean people just interpret what they see on the news and just everything that's batshit crazy in all these different parts of the country and I mean we had a couple riots here and there um, post uh, George Floyd and
1: I mean I've had a a couple instances you know on a traffic stop or something where you know but somebody's always going to show their ass always And like even last night you know, I, I can. I did a traffic stop on this woman. She's doing like seventy-two and a fifty. That's and so. I that's walk legit. Up, yeah, it's reasonable. I walk up to the car. She, you know, she's got her hands out the window, like asking permission for every single movement to make. And I'm like, listen, like, do you know why I pulled you over? She's like, yeah, I was speeding. i was like, all right, cool, we're on the same page. Like, you <laughs> at license? least you know. Yeah, and you know, I did the best I could to be respectful, and by you know. 30 seconds into the conversation, there was no more hands out the window. It was like, you know, just mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's certain aspects about it. It's it's just how you talk to people and how you treat people. Right. That's what people don't realize. They think just because someone is angry and mad at you, you got the right to be angry and mad at them. Back. But it's our job to kind of diffuse those situations and look at their points of view and understand it. That's like... I I can sit here and tell you the reason I became a police officer is to protect and like serve communities and help people I mean that's a that's a textbook fine crime I could do that I don't
0: I I didn't start this podcast for textbook answers exactly but
1: (laughs) I actually have a friend who's a public defender and I sat down with with her recently and talked and which a public defender in itself that's a whole other aspect of public service yeah going through all of
0: law school and then
1: she pretty much told me she was like listen like if a cop does everything right in the case, like I should lose 97% of the time. That's the case, but there's a 3% chance that they don't. And that's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And she actually told me something that I agree with wholeheartedly. Um, and that's, a, I think one of the things that as cops, we need to do better is to help build trust and respect with the community. And the re the way you do that is to help people understand the law better. For example, you know, if you pull someone over and they've got a gun, you know, in the, you you know, you can see it. Gun comes back clear, they come back clear, but they just don't know the CWP laws. They're like, hey, dude, like, I'm just going home. I don't know what's going to happen. All right. Well, instead of arresting them for unlawful carry immediately, Mm -hmm. hey, man, this is where you can keep it. Yeah. Educate them. Uh, Yeah. You know, and. Yeah.
0: No, I, li- I liked what you said with on the traffic stop, just you know, dealing with it one interaction at a time. Yeah. And, you know, some people will um, judge the profession, they will throw in the race card with that, and um, I had a, a interesting interaction um, when I was in Charleston with Hammond, and Hanging out with some of some of his friends and his people down there, and uh, somebody asked me kind of about the the, the current state of law enforcement. And up to this point, this person had been very chill and conversational, just you know how all of our podcasts are and how I like to live my life and people I hang out with, and but then she gave me a very a very like textbook like anti police almost race-bait type question of talking about systemic racism and, you know, what are you doing as a white cop to deal with this racism and all that? And I was... And, uh, I mean, I didn't get pissed. I was kind of surprised that it came from who it came from. Um, And I just, you know, I addressed it... I kind of broke it down from personal, professional... And then what I do on a daily basis, um, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but I have, I have mixed children. Yeah, um, a nuggets. I have mixed children. Um, I was engaged to a black woman. Um, we still have a good relationship now, and I, I see my babies on a regular basis, and we have you know that arrangement. Um, <clears throat> I also worked. In another, the other PD I worked for, I I worked in a black town as a white officer. Um, I never, I don't think I drew my gun on anybody there. It's just not what the news is spinning and about cops killing all these black people. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, and I'm I'm guilty of that, and I'll I'll admit it. Um, And I was like, I can't can't change any of that. And I even, you know, it was a little later in the night, so we're a little little looser with our conversation. And yeah, I was, yeah. you know, I can't take back history. I can't take all that stuff back. But what I'm doing as a deputy on a day-to-day basis is I'm taking it one interaction as a to- at a time. Yeah. Regardless of how old they are, what color they are, what neighborhood we're in. I'm still going to do my job and and handle my business as Aaron and and, and follow all the laws and kind of think about just like I like the example you gave with um, arresting somebody for unlawful carry. I have never the only gun charges I've ever made is when there's other felony charges involved in some other violent crime. If I'm on a traffic stop and say they got their gun in the wrong spot, but they've been straight with me the whole time...
1: It comes back clear, they come back clear. I'm not
0: writing that ticket. No. I, I've heard of supervisors that think they're going to write a ticket or write a warrant or arrest somebody for every violation they see, and I think that's bad policing. It is. Um, um, and- but, I mean, being a, just being a good fucking dude in educating people because people don't educate themselves so, I mean people, I mean, enough people, about I mean, laws in general
1: and anger isn't bliss but it's like you said um, every law is such different gun like laws and stuff too Like, mm-hmm.
0: and we're gonna have and you say that we're actually gonna have somebody on the podcast um, later this week that is is a subject matter expert on all the stuff going on in South Carolina yeah. and, and, and she reached out to me and she she runs a local gun range around here and is part of a couple committees and has been at the state house for, for some of the you know open carry and constitutional carry uh, bills we've been having in the state. And we're going to kind of educate ourselves and educate everybody that listens on, on some of that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I think that's always a good thing, I mean, there's plenty of people out there to include law enforcement, to include normal civilians. We just don't know what you can and can't do. you know? Yeah. They don't know the exceptions. And I mean, in the, the laws, laws change a lot. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with, but...
0: I mean, it's hard to keep up with us, but at least we know where the... Uh, you know, the source to find that information. The classic, I do not know at this time, but I will find out for you. Like, yeah, just we to, know where to look more often
1: than not. Real quick, just to piggyback off something you said that I heard about... You know, not being able to control the whole law enforcement spectrum, being able to control yourself and the actions you make. I think you said that very well about taking it day-to-day, interaction interaction because I don't think people realize, especially, you know, local cops like us, how big those interactions can have on people. Like, I've had multiple people that have been problems in certain communities for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I've dealt with them a few times and by the third or fourth time i dealt with them, they know me by name. When we arrive, they're like, oh, Evans is here, Like, all right, dude, I'll be cool with you, you know? Yeah. And it's just- For sure. It's one of those things where it's up to everyone involved, you know? Cops can do their best. The community's gotta be willing and open for that change as well. Mm-hmm. That's just the last thing. I wanted to put out there. Um, it's really It's up to everyone in law enforcement, but it's also up to everyone being willing for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So
0: And I mean, I think we're lucky that We work for good departments with generally good communities um, you know, you'll have some people in the community that They'll say some fucked up shit, I'll put, I'll put it that way. They'll say some fucked up shit. And, um, but I mean, I'm gonna deal with it in the most professional way possible, cause I mean, I do, I really do like where I work now. And I like, yeah. I, and I also like <clears throat> the friendships and relationships I have with other people at great departments that are happy where they're at, like you. and some of the people we have in Charleston and some of the people I have in the upstate that that I'm going to sit down with later this uh later this week and yeah and that that that's also motivating too when you got other friends in other places that are also doing doing well yeah. good things on a day-to-day basis and that's really how I view <clears throat> comb- combating all the negativity going on right now um I don't know, I mean, I know...
1: Yeah, as you can see, my, my department has some perks.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Per- perks of the job. Yeah.
1: Um, now I get what you're saying. It's, um, it is refreshing to know that there are people out there doing a good job day in and day out at different departments. So, yeah, I get where you're going with
0: that. And just, I just don't think enough people see it or they just don't What's care or they have just a prejudgment of, you know... Oh, here comes this motherfucker with his badge and his gun, thinking he's hot shit. It's like, dude, I didn't, like, both, like, I didn't become a Marine or a cop till I was 24. Yeah. 24,
1: 25. And I promise you. That's a quarter
0: century of life.
1: Yeah, and it's like, I promise you that I didn't join. Like, I wasn't
0: just, born with a badge, or I wasn't born with the EGA on my chest. Yeah, like,
1: and it's like, I, I promise you that I didn't become a cop just to come like take your weed from you. Like, yeah, it's not
0: like lie. I didn't become a cop to fuck with you. <laughs> yeah. Like It's not
1: like I saw you one day, and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to become a cop one day in this city. Yeah. Just to come back and like, fuck with this guy. Yeah, I
0: saw you seven years ago when I was you yeah, know in, like, in high school, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to become you know, a cop and ruin this guy's life. Like, what
1: the? And, no. And officers are just as guilty, like... Some the, of them the, the, are. I've, the, I've definitely seen some
0: well, guys the worst on a power part about trip. It,
1: the worst thing you can do is take something personally in the job, mm-hmm. and that's where you get yourself in trouble. Is when people start. I mean, I've had people,
0: personally. I've had people apologize to me on scene, you know, and I'll, and I'm not, and I'm not shy of of, of apologizing to people either. Oh yeah. Like, and I, you know, and we have body cams, and there's and there's plenty of stuff that you know my upper upper. Chain of command will see. And I mean, I had one. I had one last night. We both worked last night. And I had one like that. It was a pretty serious domestic that we talked about. And um and she was because of what happened, she was very, very, very upset. And there was nothing I could have done right when I got on scene to to really help her directly yeah. besides let her calm down. Talk to other people there. Go back. Hey, you know, sorry we got off on the wrong foot. I know you. I know you're upset. You know, I'm. I'm. I don't care that you're. You know, cursing out in public and hollering and because because of what happened under those circumstances, like. You know, you just have to communicate that.
1: Yeah, I just need to find out what happened.
0: Yeah, I just need to find out what happened, and you got to kind of, kind of. Communicate your understanding, and because our job is resp- is to respond to people's worst day. Yeah, that's most of the time. That's our interaction with people. And then one thing that kind of makes us, it kind of desensitize. It, it can desensitize us. It can kind of uh, kind of fuck with our our empathy, like that might have been the first time that happened to that individual whatever stressful situation that was but for us we see that every day Yeah. so we're gonna be a little bit more calm about it which being even being appearing too calm on a scene can even piss people off too oh, yeah,
1: they're, they're like well why aren't you, you upset as I'm up, it, it yeah.
0: upset as me yeah. <laughs>
1: it's like I'm trying to be a calming force for you but they're like well this is you need to be mad about this
0: and yeah and I'm just
1: yeah I get what you're saying yeah
0: so no I like that 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 was kind of my culminating point I think that we both wanted yeah, kind of thing 'cause because just people's perception of, of us just be it can just be fucking terrible sometimes I
1: mean it is up to us to change that perception yeah a hundred percent, but as much effort as we can put in, and as much effort as we can try, like I said, I'm just asking you know, certain communities. And it, it, by all means, if there's an officer out there fucking up, you need to make it known.
0: And well, I mean, what's the what's one of the classic terms that that we see, and I know we've shared like the memes and stuff like that. Like nobody hates a bad cop more than, more no than, good more cop.
1: than a good cop. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like when I. I know me personally we um certain scenes certain certain instances even sometimes if we go back and read other people's reports you know you kind of have a little bit of a of a of an after action just yeah. like you know you have a just like in the military it's like hey like why did you make this decision like I would have done x y and z and you know and that comes back to you know, the Monday morning quarterback thing that I might I might mention a little bit too much, but it's definitely a, a like you're never done learning and you're never done handling something better than you did yesterday.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just because you handled a certain situation great yesterday, you know, you might have the same kind of call, but that situation's going to be completely different. You know? Yeah, you're it's ne- not going to be a, a
0: routine. You're never going
1: to go to the same call twice.
0: Yeah, it's not going to be a, a a word we probably use too much that we, shouldn't, you know, a routine
1: traffic stop or a routine, and I feel you like, know, fill in the blank, a routine like someone says domestic, routine, they just, they just mean like the worst possible outcome didn't happen, you know? Yeah. Is, like you said, it shouldn't be used. It's like, okay, you did a traffic stop and you didn't get shot. They didn't get shot. Routine. Like, like right. Oh, okay.
0: right. It didn't completely escalate to where we're going to end up on the news. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like I said, I mean, like you said, no one hates a backup more than a good cop, just because like that perception. You know, you get out with someone having the best intentions, and they want to bring up something that happened halfway across oh, the country. Oh yeah, that's with one oh, cop. yeah. And it's like, listen, have you ever had a bad experience with blank department officer? Well, no. Okay. Well, then why don't you give me a chance here? You know? Yeah. And like, that, let's that's, handle that's, what's
0: going on today and what's in front of us. I can't. I can't change what some other department or what other officer did. And it's going to put a bad taste in their mouth, but, I mean, I'll, I'll combat it all day.
1: Yeah, and it's like I'm doing my
0: best here, you know, and that's yeah. all I
1: can do. And I'm happy where I'm at, you're happy where you're at, and I think we're doing a pretty decent job yeah. right now.
0: So. Yeah. I mean, and we'll, and we'll keep pushing that positivity, too, and just kind of bringing light just with all the – to pretty much combat all the negativity that's going on.
1: And, yeah, you know, one um, one good thing is, you know, we're on the same shift schedule right now. So, on this day off, we can do something like this. Yeah. Walk across the street and grab us a beer.
0: Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. So, we'll de- we'll definitely have Matt on. Uh, he'll be a regular. He'll be a regular. Bobby will be a regular. Kyle's going to be a regular. I mean, most of these guys we're talking to are all, I have an interaction with all these guys almost daily as of right now. And we'll branch out and we'll start getting to that next week. Um, with who we'll be sitting down with, and I'll kind of announce that on Instagram here shortly. I, w- I was super excited she reached out to me. Um,
1: any closing points? I think we closed on it pretty good. Yeah, I think we pretty much have been we've probably been closing the last 10 minutes. Yeah, so. <laughs> but, yeah, but I'm glad we got all those points out there. So.
0: No, it's good. Um, alright guys hope you enjoyed it another kind of like sit down with another marine cop whatever I mean this is just minor circle it might get redundant if it does let me know and we'll start switching it up I'm fine with it um, as always make sure to like share review and subscribe all of our material I always say it and I'll probably say it every damn podcast it's organic marketing um, on I know on Apple Podcasts, the when you give us five stars that definitely helps there's already a couple five stars on there. Um, that's what I personally use. I'm not really familiar with any of the other platforms, but they are um, kind of expanding. We're down to, I think, Spotify is only about 50% of our listens now, and the rest of it is between Apple and, and Breaker and Podcast Nation, a couple other, other apps that I'm personally not familiar with. Um, and then make sure to check, check out our Shopify. We still got hats available. We also have a lot of t-shirt designs that uh, we've set up as, as a drop ship. We don't have to keep those on hand, but I can we can get them to you as quickly as possible as always. Give us your feedback on the podcast, anything that you think we can change or anybody else we can anybody else we can reach out to or any different places we can go. All right guys, hope you all enjoyed.